The following is a presentation of Muddy River News. Coming up on Muddy River Gems, browse through the Easley Pioneer Museum in Ipava. Between Ipava and Bernadotte and Table Grove, there are hundreds, thousands of acres that were in the 40s devoted to training camp at Camp Ellis and a prisoner of war camp. Bill, we're looking at a picture of you now with your wife. Yes. On the day you were married. Yes. You were how old at that time? 19. You were 19. How old are you now? I'll soon be 99. 99. <laughs> How's your memory about Camp Ellis? Oh, I can remember everything. That's on the next Muddy River Gems, sponsored by Dot Foods. Welcome to The Daily Muddy. I'm Bob Goff. Ashley Conrad's off today. I have some very dear friends of mine here, Dave and Alicia Wyman, and we are going to talk about Ethan's Rodeo, which is uh, an amazing and wonderful event that they've been doing for how many years now? This is the Since 2000, yeah. 2010. Wow, so 13, lucky 13 this year. Uh, the only change basically being you've, you've moved across the river here in the last couple of years. Yeah, after, uh, after COVID, we ended up in Palmyra. We had moved the year prior and we're gonna be able to do it in Illinois in 2020. We ended up not doing it in Palmyra that year as well, but we had looked at it and had a, a venue really close to where we lived at um, that we just decided to stick with going forward. And so, but the, the move to Palmyra, the move from, from Illinois to Missouri, just it hasn't changed the event, it hasn't changed the mission, and it hasn't changed what you love to do, right? No, not at all. The The main thing is putting on an event to raise money for uh, research of neuroblastoma. Uh, none of that's changed. Um, you know, that's, we try to put on a good show every year and, and you know, that's what we're, that's what we're still doing. We'll uh, link the uh, website and of course, uh, we've talked about Ethan's story before, but Alicia, why don't you kind of talk about a little bit of why you guys do this? Uh, Ethan uh, was our oldest son and he died in 2009 from neuroblastoma. Um, most everybody that's familiar with Ethan's radio knows that story by now. But um, he had cancer for a couple years, and we fought that battle. And there's not a lot of treatments out there for neuroblastoma, so we had decided um, after he passed away um, to do something in his memory. And so he loved horses and everything to do with horses. So we decided a rodeo would be a good fit. And he went to a couple rodeos. We took him yeah stuff like that so we see the pictures on the screen of course we've got uh, some rodeo up here we've also got some pictures of ethan as well and uh, again it is just a, it's an amazing thing that you guys have been doing how much money have you raised since you started we've raised close to it's just under a half a million dollars that's real money so that's great that you guys are doing this so dave the oh i guess we should say the event is this weekend the 18th and 19th, 18th and 19th. so dave yes. what happens when you show up you just uh you go to a rodeo right well, it's it's a great event. It's for it's good for rodeo fans. It's good for families. It's it's good for everybody. Uh, each night the rodeo starts at seven thirty. We kick off the rodeo with with kind of an introduction. We you know things you would kind of expect at, at a rodeo and some things that are our own special spin on it. Um, you know we do a grand entry. We do a prayer we have a local member of the military either active or retired bring out uh, the flag for the national anthem Don't um, stick with i'm getting to that <laughs> we, uh, 
we um you know we do a ceremony uh with a riderless horse where we talk about ethan and childhood cancer and then we roll into the rodeo it's it's a full rodeo with um you know bull riding and and bucking horse riding barrel racing uh, a lot of different roping events and steer wrestling um you know so it's a full rodeo both nights and you know in between we have things like clown acts we have a kids sheep chase that we do every year that is an absolute riot um before the rodeo each night we do um, actually we're doing something new this year we've historically done a stick horse parade for younger kids mm -hmm. and this year it is going to be a stick bull ride and every parent's gonna love it because every bull has a bell oh nice so they get to take that home and that's 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 a good time that's yeah, awesome we had a couple hundred of them in the back of our <laughs> car and driving around with. Uh, also i want to mention uh, before we uh, continue that uh, their daughter ava made some delicious mrn cookies and uh, we think i think i should have these like put on the website for order so <laughs> they are fantastic so i think they gave her for that uh you guys can't uh, can't do this without your sponsors let's talk about them a little bit absolutely we've had sponsors that have been with us from the very first year and we appreciate them and um, they help us put this event on so that we can send all the proceeds to the doctor that does all the research for this. How many how many participants will you have in terms of the actual rodeo activity? It'll it'll be a hundred some. Um, I haven't seen the the list for for this year yet, but between both nights, it's it's you know usually between a hundred and hundred fifty, um, and they're coming from all over the Midwest, and um, you know sometimes we get contestants from like Texas, Oklahoma. Just depends on the year and who's close by. So, rain or shine. Rain or shine. Rain or shine. Who's in charge of the weather? If it's good, Me. it's you. If it's bad, it's him. I, I know how this works. No, I asked yesterday. I said, "Have you looked at the weather?" And he said, "Yeah, it said there was no rain in the forecast, and I'm not looking at it again." That's a good idea. Yeah, so, get a good forecast and stick with it. That sounds that sounds wonderful. Good, again, good food too. Butcher Block does the bulk of it, right? Yeah. yeah, you can't go wrong there. Now, again, Butcher Block just one again the many sponsors they have, and of course, uh, you might have a cold beer there or two if people would like. We'll have that. Um, I'm I'm not entirely sure what the list is this year, but usually we have like some beer and some seltzer and some uh, you know a craft beer too. Okay. So we you know get something for everybody there. Uh, we've also got uh, Poppin' on Main. Uh, we've got Tri-State Snowbiz. Uh, we actually just added. Funnel Cake Trailer recently. We've got Hebrews Coffee Trailer, and we've got a couple other people there selling uh, like some merchandise yeah. and clothing and stuff like that. And we'll so. have our shirts there right. available for purchase. Great. Well, again, I, I thank you guys for stopping by. It's always great to see you. And again, it is just a wonderful cause. And if you got some time this weekend, run across the river to Palmyre, Flower City Park, and uh, Ethan's Rodeo. Again, it's just uh, thank you guys for you know what you do and taking you know taking something that was a, a tragic loss in your family and making it into something incredibly positive. So, thank you. Appreciate. All right, coming up, we will talk to Attorney Ryan Schnock. Stay with us. A great night's sleep starts at Harvey's Furniture. Check out the large selection of complete bedroom sets. And when it comes to mattresses, we have a full selection from Bemco, Spring Air, and Chatham & Wells. Harvey's Furniture. Our home, your home.
Instant Replay is your local sports bar. With 18 big screen TVs, we have all the sports packages from college games to pro games. We offer daily drink specials and come check out the bullpen, our newly renovated beer garden. Instant Replay, 2739 Chestnut in Quincy. Are you looking for the perfect venue for your next special event? Check out Utopia Event Center. Utopia has a large banquet room and an awesome bar area, perfect for anything from birthday parties to formal corporate meetings. It also offers a photo booth, stage for a DJ or a live band, and a fully stocked bar, all for only $300. Check us out at utopiaeventcenter.com or call Barn at 217-430-6559 for more information. Utopia Event Center, 900 North 12th Street in Quincy. The Liquor Booth is your home for a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits. The Liquor Booth has two locations in Quincy, 3520 Broadway and 1500 North 12th Street. The Liquor Booth, where it's always happy hour. Welcome back. I'm with uh, Attorney Ryan Schnock, and we are going to talk about some issues uh, going on at the Adams County Courthouse. Welcome. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for having me on. One of the things uh, that's been going on is uh, the situation of the of the building itself and the presence of mold, which the county has acknowledged there's a presence of mold, but it goes a little bit deeper than that. The county is about to uh, unveil its uh, newest study uh, at uh, tomorrow night at, uh, well, as we record this, it's Monday, but this, will, this is airing Tuesday morning. So at tonight's county board meeting, there's a new report out. And uh, Ryan, I guess, first off, let's talk about you know, you got pretty sick in the whole thing in the beginning here, and that was kind of what one of the things that kind of got this on our on the public conscience, correct? I did. Um, so back in April of last year, I started having some problems, some symptoms. So I started out locally. I went to um, a couple doctors here um, and had some tests. And late May of last year, I had a um, appointment with my neurologist. And uh, he basically said, we've done all these tests. We've uh, narrowed this down either to a neck issue or ALS. So at that point, I mean, you can imagine my wife is not there. I've got four kids. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, what am I going to say to them? You know, um, the first thing that came to my mind is Stephen Hawking and ending up in a wheelchair like him. Um, so it was a, it was a scary time. Um, and so at that time, I didn't know what was going on. It was basically, you've got the atomic bomb versus something that's minor, and I knew it wasn't minor. So that's kind of how this all manifested. So what was the, when you finally got a diagnosis, what was the diagnosis you received? So um, the diagnosis I received, I talked to David Adam about this, is chronic inflammatory response syndrome. So basically when, it's, it's mold illness, so when mold comes into your system, your, my body um, is not genetically capable of excreting it properly. So I didn't know this was going on until I had seen doctors at Mayo. I had seen doctors um, in Indianapolis. I had seen doctors here, um, seen doctors throughout the country. And finally, as I went through the testing, they started narrowing it down. Um, and then the, <clears throat> the next questions began was, where are you going? And so um, that's, that's how this all came about. Um, and then I think it was late November, I had sent an email to Kent Schneider saying, I think we got a problem. Um, at that time, there was people at the courthouse talking about things coming out of the vents. Um, for example, one of the judges had a, an envelope full of 
of mold, um, different things coming out of the vents. It was about like this. Um, and so that's when we started looking into the problem, uh, potential problem at the courthouse. And then uh, then once uh, the story that uh, he referred to his interview with David is linked at the bottom of this. Uh, so if you want to read more into that, but right now, so so you so there was a meeting then and then the county had like a preliminary test done at, by, by like a local group. And then it was like, well, we don't know what's here. But then you and some other folks kind of got together and said, hey, we want you to bring this this company in because we think they're going to give us a true reflection of what happened. That happened. Uh, the report came back. And again, I think just a, a little benefit of the doubt was when Safe Start first gave uh, sort of this presentation to the county is kind of like, well, you can fix this and move on and, you know, bits by bits. But then their second time when they hosted this Zoom meeting and I listened to both of them, and they're like, well, you know, you need to take care of this now and the people are sick and the bill. And again, we know people are sick and i think that's the one thing is the county perhaps did not have the urgency it needed to do this but now we've got another test and apparently this test is also is kind of going back to where well it's not as bad as we thought but we're still going to like have our air purifiers and do this thing so again in this being a, a kind of a, a really a mess from the get-go what is the solution is it just let folks work until they get the building, let folks work out of the building until they get the building cleaned out? Yeah, you know, the solution um, to me is to shut down the courthouse, at least for, for right now, um, to the extent it can be. So you've got, when this initially came about, um, Safe Start sent out some surveys through the sheriff. And so about 113 of those surveys came back. 70% of those people were sick. And so um, I actually have those surveys, was able to look through them. And as you look through them, you'll see some of these issues are respiratory. Some of these issues are inflammatory. You get uh, some of the respiratory issues. I've talked to one employee who his throat is closing. Um, and uh, unfortunately, you know, he doesn't know if he goes in there from day to day, whether that's gonna happen. And his wife is concerned that he may pass away. Um, so that's kind of the, on the respiratory side. On the other side, there's a, the inflammatory. The, the worst that I've seen is a, a young lady um, that has neurological problems. She may go blind um, and she has, I believe, one more test. They're gonna do a spinal tap. And if they do that spinal tap, it doesn't come back with uh, a result for whatever that test is, then they've narrowed it down to mold illness. So these people are, these employees are now starting to look into this and, and see whether or not they have mold illness. I think one thing to look at is when you're trying to look at the source of this, and if it was just a couple of people, you'd say, well, how do you know it was the courthouse? What else was it? What, what, what else could it have been? What other environments have you been in? But now that we're getting a significant number of people, there's there's not nothing there i mean there there's there's something wrong and i know they're bringing in the air purifiers and they're going to do this stuff but again that it, it's going to take time is it's going to take time for that to to heal so if people have the option of working outside the building they i think they ought to be allowed to um i know there's some jobs that can't be that way but covid taught us there's a heck of a lot of jobs that can be right so um there's certain ways to work outside the, the courthouse for attorneys. So there's a Supreme Court rule, Supreme Court rule 45 allows it. It's discretionary, it's up to the judge. Um, the problem, That'd be the chief judge of the circuit? Um, it would be the, the judge presiding over that particular case. Okay. So 
um, you have that, which is nice for attorneys, but uh, again, it's discretionary. If you have criminal cases, um, a lot of the judges want you to come in. Um, right. For example, as the uh, city attorney, we've got people coming in and it's very fast paced. You got to hand up orders mm -hmm. and you've got to have defendants sign the guilty plea if that's what they're going to do. So there's some logistics to be wor worked around. Um, so it, in a sense, a, a lot of the people are being forced to come in. Um, for example, you have the clerk's office. Um, circuit clerk, not county clerk, the, correct? The, the circuit clerk's okay. office. And it's my understanding th they're talking to employees that it's mandatory that they go. They've they've asked, um, I believe, department head and then ultimately the county board and they're, they're supposed to stay there. Um, I think you still have two of the employees are, are not coming to work because of that issue. And I know, you know, court, a lot of the court reporters, there's a lot of remote, they can, they can work remote. A lot of them do just that, but that was all necessitated by the, necessitated by the shortage. But now it's kind of like, well, they can work remote if they, if they need to. I know some of them have been, but, um, well, I think it's, uh, you know, having you on here today, having the meeting tonight, uh, the, the gentleman who just did the last testing is going to be at the meeting, the John Jeriel with those Jeriel, however it's pronounced. So, you know, I think let's, I think to sit there tonight and see what the county's board's action is going to be. Um, again, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people would, would say that they were a little slow on the trigger of this, but I think some people also say, look at they're they're trying to find a solution now. But I think the one thing that has really scared them from the beginning is how much it's going to cost. But I think that when you're talking about people's lives you kind of got to go well we got to take care of our people right right i think where the rub's going to be is um how the county board decides to do remediation um from a scientific standpoint um, a lot of the science now is going towards what are the people's genes yeah right so you've got 25 to 40 percent of our population that has an HLA gene that is susceptible to chronic mold. So you think of 25 to 40% of the people coming in that courthouse could have that gene triggered. Right. The rest, um, the 60%, if you will, uh, they don't have that. Um, and so the question then becomes, is the county board going to um, go through a remediation for everybody or is it going to be more of a traditional remediation, if you will? What are the differences there? So a traditional remediation, it's kind of, you, you get kills, you take the mold off the wall, you take out some carpet, um, and it's a, it's a very less stringent process to um, remediate for the people that have that inflammatory gene, the 25 to 40% basically you've got to do much more um, you got to take out the carpet you got to take out the ceiling tiles you got to make sure that people are not there because this stuff will float in the air make right. people sicker um, you really got to dig into the vents uh, a lot of these people are chemical uh, sensitive so if you're putting kills um, on the wall and you're, you're remediating that way you're gonna make people sicker um, but a true remediation to fix it for everybody um, is a it's an extensive process. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. So, well, I do thank you for your time and uh, glad you're feeling better and hope uh, that that continues. And uh, hopefully we'll get some answers at tonight's county board meeting. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Bob. All right. That's Ryan Schnock. I'm Bob Goff. That's all for the Daily Muddy. Ashley will be back tomorrow. We'll see you then. Muddy River News. Our home. Our news.